Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast presented by the Riley Decker Companies. Please do us a favor and help us change and improve lives by subscribing and giving us a rating on the platform of your choice. Thank you. Well, it's a special day today. Have Scotty Miller from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Welcome to the Underdog Podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, super, super excited. When I Google Underdog NFL, I think Scotty Miller might be I saw it was like the right up there, man. So um, <laughs> no one better for us in, in the National Football League than Scotty Miller, in my opinion. I uh, wanted, wanted to start off. I think you actually you know, call yourself an underdog. You were quoted, uh, it's crazy, an underdog story, said Miller on his path to the NFL. Um, can you kind of talk about here, and I'll, I'll throw another quote out here to kind of tee it up a little bit. It says, I've just been doubted my whole life because of my size and other things as well. I've just fought for it. I've earned everything I've been been given. It's been like that since youth football, ever since I started playing. And you talk about how a, even in fifth grade, you know, as a little kid, your coach wouldn't put you in because of your size. So can you kind of talk about, you know, you calling yourself an underdog and really how it started and what kind of build throughout your career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like you said, it started at a young age. I started playing tackle football in fifth grade. Um, I made the uh, – I, I come from a really big town. Barrington's the, the hometown I'm from. Uh, graduated with like a thousand kids, four thousand kids in the high school. Um, so youth football is huge. You know, everybody plays uh, growing up. So started in fifth grade. Ended up making the best team in the uh, in the in the town. But uh, was literally a bench warmer. And, and in fifth grade, usually everyone gets to play, but uh, but not me. Uh, the the coach would would barely put me in at all. Um, and it was crazy. Um, so then the, the following year, my dad actually decided that, that he was going to step in and coach me. Uh, he actually played football a little bit in college as well. Um, but we weren't going to have any of the nonsense anymore. So I ended up, there's three levels uh, of football, Big Ten, uh, Mac Ten, and Pac Ten in, in the town. And we ended up playing on the lowest level. There's like, uh, say, 200 kids playing and I'm on the lowest team. Um, in the town and my dad was a head coach and we just lit it up. We would have scrimmages against the big 10 team, the best team. We would just, we just get after him, um, and stuff like that. So really it started in youth football, just being doubted. Really. I was, I was small, but I was always the fastest one. I always could play, but even then the stereotype still existed. They thought I was small. They thought I was weak. They thought I couldn't play with, with everybody. Um, but even then I knew I was, I was better than everybody and I could play. It was just a matter of opportunity, even at that stage in my life. Um, so then I went into uh, to high school football and uh, freshman year, I wanted to play offense. I was always an offensive guy. I, I knew I could be a big playmaker, but uh, I was they, I made the A team barely. There was like there was an A, B and C team. I made the A team barely. And I was like third string running back and I started at free safety. Um, and they're basically just trying to hide me at free safety. Just I barely had a starting role on the team. Um, so then that at the end of that year, every year they would pull up guys to varsity for the playoffs. They pulled up 12 guys um, from the freshman team. And I was not one of those 12 guys. So that really, you know, lit a fire under me at that point in my life. I mean, I was probably only 15 years old, but it still put a chip on my shoulder. Um, and then sophomore year, I, I worked really hard that offseason, tried to prove to the coaches what I was, how I was one of the best athletes um, on the team. And then I actually was pulled up to varsity my sophomore year. I ended up starting on varsity as, as a, as a free safety still wasn't playing any offense yet. Didn't really enjoy tackling or doing anything like that. I'm like, coach, you got to let me play offense. Finally, my junior year, 
I proved to them that I could uh, could go both ways a little bit. I was still mainly – they moved me to corner. I was playing a little bit of receiver, just taking deep shots because I they knew I was fast. I ran track and stuff like that. Um, and then senior year, I finally convinced my coach to let me full-time play both ways and mainly play offense. And then I was fortunate to receive a couple offers. I thought – I ran track. I was one of the fastest guys in Illinois. I got third place in the 100-meter in, in the biggest division um, in Illinois my, my junior year. Um, and then I was fortunate to finally receive a couple offers, but still going into my senior year, I only had three division one double a offers. I had no FBS offers and I was just, my, my dream all along was to play at the highest level to play FBS football. Um, of course I wanted to play in the power five, but group of five would have worked as well. Um, and then finally my senior year, the, in the playoffs, the whole, the whole year, I didn't get any offers. And then finally in the playoffs, we're playing like the best team in the state. And, uh, I end up like scoring like two or three touchdowns, kick return touchdown, receiving touchdown, like big game. And then Bowling Green comes in, Sean Lewis, um, who was our offensive coordinator at the time, uh, called me up and uh, right after the game and offered me a full scholarship. But even then, there was still a kick to it. He said, you only have 24 hours to accept this scholarship or else we're going to pull it, pull it from you. Uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. And at that point, I was pretty close to committing to Western Illinois, actually. Um, I was literally probably a week away from committing to them because it was getting pretty late in the process, you know, late in my senior year. Um, but it was my goal to play at the FPS level. So I, I called Sean Lewis probably a couple hours later after talking to my family and, and committed to, uh, to Bowling Green. And it was one of the best decisions. And I'm so grateful that they gave me that opportunity. But yeah, I mean, basically that's like a short summary of my, you know, growing up in football and just really being overlooked. Um, I thought I deserved a lot more than what I had gotten through all the levels. Um, but it ended up working out for me. So. And do you think, you know, coming off of that chip at, you know, bearing, you know, out, out of uh, Barrington, which is not too far from Chicago, right. Or somewhere in Illinois, if I got it. Yep, Northwest suburbs, like 45 minutes out of the city. Okay. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, you, like you said, you had one FBS offer. Um, and outside of that, it looks like North Dakota state, South Dakota state, Western Illinois, or, or some, some schools of that sort. Yep. But man, you were going back. I know uh, I looked at uh, some track as, as a four by I don't know much about track, but I just see you from way. It's like watching the Kentucky Derby, that that horse, the, the long shot that comes from way behind and wins the race, man. You start in the back of the pack. And next thing I know, uh, your buddy Grant was showing me and I see you just come flying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, if you if, if I was a I'm not a college coach and there's maybe a good reason I'm not. But if I look on your turn on your football film and I watch that track, I'm like man, why is he, you know, two star recruit? Why is he, you know, I think disrespected would maybe be an appropriate term, but you know, that had to drive you. So now, now you get to Bowling Green and have one heck of a career. Let's talk a little bit about BG, um, you know, getting there. I know my, uh, my mom actually is a, a fighting Falcon. So really, um, yeah. So there's a little, when I was at Miami and, and her being a Bowling Green, she obviously loved her son rooted for there, but I think there was a little bit of uh, a little, a little bit of Bowling Green State University pride there, but uh, let's talk a little bit about that in uh, your time up there. Yeah, I really love my time up in Bowling Green. It was it was crazy because when I came in, um, I was definitely the least recruited guy. Obviously, I had 24 hours to accept my offer. These other guys they were probably begging to come to school, you know. So it was, it was uh, interesting coming in just because I was I was low man on the totem pole, you know, um, but. I came in with the chip on my shoulder. I came in expecting to play right away. 
Um, and I actually ended up redshirt. They, they wanted to redshirt me my freshman year. The first four games I was redshirted. Um, and then they ended up needing a kick returner. Um, and I was like, let's do it. I'm ready to go. I don't want to sit here and be redshirted. Um, so I ended up being the kick returner and playing like all four core special teams my whole freshman year, a little bit of receiver, maybe had like 10 catches at most, but, uh, ended up just trying to be a star in my role. Uh, it was a small role on the team, but I ended up having two block punts my freshman year, um, a couple of big kick returns, uh, punt returns. And uh, wasn't, I was probably 150 pounds, so it wasn't too much of a factor on kickoff, but tried to do everything I could to be a factor, you know what I mean? So, um, so that's kind of how it started out for me. And then my second year, I really wanted to make a big jump. Um, I was, I really wanted to be a, a star on the offense, be a big playmaker for the team. So I ended up uh, starting my, my sophomore year in the slot and had a really big year. Um, I was like 20 yards short of a thousand yards, uh, which is frustrating, but, uh, but I ended up getting my first team all Mac. Um, it was just, it was just a big year for me. Um, and was kind of crazy that I had just like two years ago, I was struggling to get any scholarships. Then here I am, you know, having big games against big schools and stuff like that. So it was pretty, just like a quick, a lot of stuff happened in a year or two. Um, and then everything just kind of went up from there. My junior year, um, I had a decent year. I actually was pretty disrespected. Then I had a pretty decent year, but I was third team all Mac somehow that year. Um, and then my senior year, I had a really big year. Um, started out in Oregon, had like 180 yards or something and two touch, two touchdowns, I think um against them had a big game against Georgia Tech over 100 yards like every big school I played I was doing well Maryland I had a touchdown against them had over a thousand yards finally first time in my career um was like by far and above stats wise the best receiver in the MAC but somehow I was uh voted second team all MAC at the end of my senior year um four guys they put ahead of me and um didn't get invited to the combine after that and just a lot of stuff so um but all in all, my career at Bowling Green ended up, you know, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, I was fortunate to get a lot of opportunities um, given to me by the coaches. And a lot of people believed in me, had a great relationship with a lot of quarterbacks that I play with, including uh, Grant Loy, Jared Deggie, James Morgan, James Kanapke, Matt Johnson, a lot of guys. Um, so it was a great time at Bowling Green and, you know, fortunate for it. Yeah, I mean, you put up some some numbers there, 34 games, give yourself some See, I won't disrespect you. Disrespect you at all. I, I might be now the the newest, biggest Scotty Miller fan, man. I, I freaking love it. I love that the people doubt you and you just keep proving them wrong. But two hundred fifteen passes caught for two hundred or for two thousand eight hundred sixty seven yards and twenty three tutties, <laughs> and then scorched like you said, dudes from Oregon, Maryland, Michigan State, top of the MAC talent, folks, and then still didn't get to the Senior Bowl, Combine, second team MAC. Just once again goes with the common theme. So before we get to the Bucks, though, I got to bring in this. You mentioned this Loy guy. So he he said he might not be drafted. Here he is. He's popping into the screen for those that can't see. Yeah. But a 63-yard touchdown might be the reason why you got drafted in the sixth round of the Bucks, according to this man that is now here on the podcast. So, Grant, what do we, we got to say about this? You know, what's funny about that play is it wasn't even supposed to be a pass. Um I'm not even going to try to take credit for it. <laughs> we get out there and I wasn't starting that game. As he said, our buddy Jarrett was a starter. And unfortunately we were kind of, uh, you know, not really close game. <laughs> Nine minutes left in the fourth quarter there, I think. Um, but 
I had a little Taysom Hill package here and there. So I'd go in, we'd do a little mesh and I was just putting my shoulder down, trying to run everybody over. And, uh, Scotty was always the first one to pick me up though. Um, but anyway, we get out there, I think first play of the drive and Scotty's in the slot. And part of our game plan was to read that backside safety. You know, if he inserts into the box, we were going to pull it and, and throw a deep slant behind him. And, you know, knowing that all I had done was, you know, do some quarterback run stuff. They probably weren't going to respect it. So Scotty goes, Grant. And of course, you know, I can hear him. <laughs> it's like, Grant, I look over at him. And I'm like, he gives me the signal for the deep slant. And I look up and I'm like, that's probably a good idea. I give it back to him. And that dude is flying down the line of scrimmage. So I pull it real quick, but I put it right on him. And Scotty ran a thousand miles an hour right in the end zone. And it's funny though, because, you know, we had just been talking about that for a while, you know, being roommates that, you know, we got to connect on one before he gets out of here. So that was awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What, what's uh, before we let Grant jump back off, what, what's the, any, any uh, similarities between the, the goat Tom Brady and Grant Lloyd? Do we have any cross? <laughs> oh get- yeah. Grant's a, Grant's a real deal now. Just a little lack, <laughs> little lack of opportunity in college. If he would have got it, he would have shown everybody what's up. But, uh, but yeah, Grant's uh, always been a hard worker. He's very similar to me. I think that's why we've got along and been such good friends, but never handed anything, had to go earn everything he's gotten. So, uh, so yeah, to similar to Tom in that way as well. Yeah, no, we're, we're glad to have Grant. Appreciate you jumping on, brother. And uh, we were talking, we, were, we said, hey, if he would have gotten that Auburn-Alabama game and, 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 and let it rip in that uh, second half for the W against the, the, the Crimson Tide, I said, what, where do you, what do you think would be going on? I wouldn't be with you working here at Ryan Decker Company. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be here. I was dying laughing. I was like, oh, so true, probably. But, you know, uh, I know he's super excited as, as a great friend. And and I love the, the walk-on mentality that Grant's bringing to our organization. So thanks, brother, for jumping on. Um, but to go off of, you know, going from Bowling Green there, transitioning to the six-round draft pick for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, you know, you get to Tampa and, um, obviously a lot of things happen your rookie year and, and, uh, a lot of great things and, and you make a huge impact, um, going into your second year as well and, and then become a Super Bowl champion. Can you kind of talk about, you know, being a draft pick in that sixth round, um, having the opportunity and then you go compete and, and make a big impact on that organization? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it all started, we, you kind of touched on it, just not, not being invited to the senior bowl, the combine, I ended up playing in like some game called the tropical bowl, which is a, not a very big all-star game, um, that not a lot of NFL scouts go to, um, but just being slighted. And I just didn't think I deserved that. And that's going back to high school too. When no one, no one was offering me when I was had all the film, I had the track times, I had everything, just like everything I was doing didn't match up to what the result I was getting, um, or the interest I was getting from NFL teams or from college teams and stuff like that. So I always just had a really big chip on my shoulder for those reasons going into the draft. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be a high draft pick, but I knew there was a possibility for sixth, seventh. Um, and then I, I, I probably knew I was going to get signed as a free agent, um, at worst case. But, uh, but I even had a lot of agents, like not a lot of agents wanted me, wanted to talk to me, wanted to deal with me at all. Um, I remember one agent like calling me and telling me at best, I was a rookie minicamp invite at best in the league. I'm a special teams guy, a returner, but you know, could never do anything on offense. So you didn't want to sign me. Um, and just like all those conversations and all those little things I always kept with me and remembered. Um, 
and even to this day, every day when I go out there, you know, to work out or to practice or whatever, I, I take those things with me. Um, but, uh, I was very fortunate. The Buccaneers, I was sitting, sitting around all day, Saturday, that day three of the drafts, a long day. Um, I'm getting a lot of calls from teams, you know, trying to recruit me to, to sign with them after the draft, basically disrespecting me and telling me that they didn't think I was going to get drafted. And this is like mid fifth round, early sixth. Um, but I had I had a little hope that the Bucks would draft me because Byron Leftwich and Kevin Garver, our receiver coach and offensive coordinator, came out to my pro day and they were the only two actual coaches. Everyone else was scouts at my pro day. They were the only two coaches from the NFL there. And I knew so I knew they liked me. Um, I knew I had a chance there. So in the sixth round, we saw the Bucks pick coming out and me and my family were kind of getting a little excited, hoping maybe that that was a chance. Um, and then I remember just sitting there and then we're just kind of everyone's getting a little antsy and then seeing that Tampa Bay area code pop up on my phone. And I'm like, uh, is this going to be it? And then sure enough, it was, you know, Jason Liger GM telling me they got a need for speed and they're, they're going to select me in a couple of picks here. And I just like broke down in tears and like, couldn't he, I can't even remember exactly. I just blacked out. Cause it was like everything I'd ever worked for. It finally paid off. I was finally getting this chance that I, that I wanted so bad um, to play in the NFL. Um, so that was an amazing day for me. And then, you know, it's crazy. Cause then two weeks later you find yourself at rookie mini camp right in the full swing of things. Then right after that OTAs with all the vets and, you know, I walk in and I see Mike Evans, you know, Jameis Winston, Chris Godwin and all these big time guys. And I'm like, I was just playing with Grant Lloyd a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, no, nice <laughs> but uh but it's just wild like the the change of events and then uh, just tried to work really hard right when i got there do anything i could to help the team to show them that i was that i could play um was fortunate to make the team made the 53-man roster is the first step super was super excited about that because that's not easy people don't realize that there's not many spots on an nfl roster that you keep like five to seven receivers at max um, on every roster, you go into to camp with probably at least 15 receivers. So there's a lot of competition. Everybody can play. Um, so I was fortunate to make the team and then uh, battled with injuries a little bit my rookie year. Um, I think I finished with 200 yards or so. I had a couple big plays. Had a was sweet, actually. We went to Detroit, and that's close to Bowling Green, obviously, in Ohio, where I went to school. It was also close to where I grew up in Chicago. Um, so I had all my family, cousins, my immediate family out there. Grant was at the game. Uh, a lot of my other buddies from Bowling Green. I probably had around 30-ish people there. And uh, I had my first touchdown at that game, so that was pretty sweet just wow. to have that moment in front of all the people that were close to me. Um, and then that kind of capped off. I actually pulled my hamstring on the touchdown play, so I missed, like, the final game after that. Um, but that kind of capped off my rookie year. So it was a solid year, learning year. Um, I kind of knew a lot of the stuff that I need to improve on going into my second year. And then, obviously, Tom Brady comes going into that second year. Um, that was wild. Now, you know, I'm – like I said, going from Bowling Green a year ago now playing with Tom Brady, it's like, what's going on here? Um, someone I've watched growing up my whole life, and then Grant comes, you know, we're all of a sudden we're, you know, contenders to play in the Super Bowl. So um, just was fortunate to work with Tom a ton that summer, uh, grow our chemistry, show him what I could do, have him just try and learn from him as much as I could, do everything he wanted me to do. Um, and then that second year was able to to make some big plays for the team. Come on, I ended I was starting – like the full first half of the season, um, AB comes in. I have to take a little bit of a backseat role, um, but then still in the playoffs was able to make some some key plays for us down the stretch um, and was really just doing whatever whatever I could to help the team win. 
um, and then ended up winning the Super Bowl, which was an unbelievable moment. Um, something you dream of and every, all this stuff just is happening so fast. Yeah. I can't even like, I don't even, even now, I don't think I can really get a, you know, sort of actual real view on it and appreciation for all the stuff that not, not only I've accomplished, but all the things that have happened to me um, until I'm probably done playing um, just because all this stuff is, like I said, happening so fast. Um, and I've just been so fortunate to have all these opportunities. Yeah. And it was really cool to hear your dad talk after the NFC championship. Obviously a lot of people talk about that catch, but to put the underdog, uh, you know, spin on it is he said it's hard to put into words. We've been watching this game all of our lives. Scotty is the biggest underdog to make it here. It's an un- unbelievable feeling to be part of this as his family. So, like you said, from catching that touchdown in Detroit in front of your family and friends to that huge catch in uh, Green Bay to you know winning a Super Bowl, um, man, that had to be just like I said, you're living uh, the dream, but you're. You've been under, you know, you've been, um, you know, slanted or, or, you know, the chips have been quote unquote against you your whole life. And I love it, man. You just keep coming back from any adversity. And I think that is the true underdog you kind of talk about. And then, then after the Super Bowl this past year, you've obviously battled some injuries, missed some games, you know, how hard that was maybe going from that second year where you're, you know, relatively healthy, having huge numbers, and then, you know, having the turf toe and all the different things and kind of battling back from, you know, new additions to the team, as you had mentioned, and all that stuff. You know, where's your head after last year heading into kind of once again, maybe getting doubted again, going into now your fourth year? So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Last year was a tough year for me. I actually had my groin was actually bad all year, the, the Super Bowl run year, my second year. So I ended up getting surgery, uh, bilateral uh, core surgery right after, right after that Super Bowl, like a month after it. Um, so that was kind of a, a long recovery for me heading into my third year. Um, obviously we still had AB on the team. We had a lot of guys up and coming in the receiver room, tight end room. We just had a lot of weapons. So it was, uh, and I had a good camp, um, and then a good preseason. And then uh, I was starting the year a little, I was doing fine, but it was just tough because there weren't many opportunities for me. I don't think it was anything that I did to not have those opportunities, just kind of the guys we had in the room and, you know, the coaches putting people in position that, that they wanted. And that's just kind of how, how everything felt. Um, but, uh, but I was just, I tried to just work as hard as I could and try and be there for whatever the team needed me to do, just try and stay ready. Um, and then I ended up getting a pretty good opportunity against the Rams uh, to play a lot. And like one, like my first catch of that game in the first quarter, I catch a screen and I somehow get turf toe. Like my turf gets up, my toe gets all busted up, um, played through that game, didn't do too much. And then find out the next day that my whole foot is pretty much just like torn and broken, um, which is essentially what turf toe is the whole inside of my foot. Um, so they initially told me I was going to need surgery and be out for the year. And then, uh, a lot of discussions with different doctors, we ended up saying, let's just not do surgery if we don't absolutely need it. And then I ended up missing like six weeks, maybe even more. I don't know. I missed a lot of games and then, um, was, was coming back and I felt pretty good, but it was just tough in the NFL. There's so many guys that can play. And if you're not healthy and ready to go, guys will jump in and take those opportunities. Um, so it kind of just worked out where when I came back, other guys were playing well and I just never could really get back in the swing of things um, and be a big part of the offense. I ended up playing a lot in the Rams game, the game we lost um, in the playoffs. I had a decent game there. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was a really tough year for challenging year for me mentally, probably one of the most challenging years I've ever had in my life. As far as, um, football goes, um, just not being able to play and perform. Um, so that was tough. And then, uh, really had to like reset my mind after the year, these last couple months, um, and just get ready to go for this year. Um, put, put last year behind me and just, just, um, reframe my mindset and just work really hard on things that I needed to do. I, I gained a lot of weight. Um, I gained like 15 pounds, just trying to wow. try to do everything I could to, you know, to give me the best opportunity to get on that field and help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know? So, uh, so I think I've done that where we just started OTAs. Um, I've had a good start so far. Um, so just every day, just going out there and try to prove my worth. Um, it's not easy. There's so many guys we got like, like I said, we got like 15 guys on the roster right now and everybody can play. And like, obviously you don't get here not being able to play. So um, just trying to show what I can do and and what kind of what separates me every single day. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. And then just trying to, you know, build that relationship with all the quarterbacks, with Tom um, and just trying to have everyone believe in me so I can, so I can help the team out uh, come the fall. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And uh it's it's great to hear. I would uh, I would say like I'm I'm a diehard. I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder to the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Ohio guy here. I know you guys <laughs> come up to Cleveland this year. I'm, I'm sure I'll be up there. Maybe I'll get Grant to go with me. But um, yeah. hopefully, you have a great game. But let's uh, you know take it easy on my guys, man. We've we've been we've been, we've been hurting up there. Uh, uh, but no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, I, I tell you what, if, 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 if I think Tampa Bay wants you, but if they ever don't, please come up to Cleveland. What we'll, we'll, we would, you'd be, right. a God, we'd build a statue up there for you. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, um, you know, what is it? I mean, I, I'm sure you get, I know you get this asked often, but I got to do it. What, what makes Tom, you know, tick inside or some of the guys, let's just even, say Mike Evans, who you've, you know, working with. And, and obviously we just learned how, how your work ethic and how you get after it yourself and overcome injuries. But what, what maybe some of those guys that are at the highest of, of your uh, career, your industry of the national football league, what makes, you know, those guys so special? I mean, we see a bunch on TV, but what's maybe behind the scenes we don't see. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people probably take for granted what these guys put in every single day and how they work. They probably think, oh, Mike Evans is 6'5", uh, 220 and can run a 4'4". Obviously, he's going to be good. Well, I've actually met a, a decent amount of guys that are pretty big and pretty talented that haven't done anything like Mike Evans has done. You know, so, I mean, the way he comes in and works, the way he takes care of his body, um, his mindset every day just to dominate, compete and be the best version of himself every single day is why he is you know, one of the greatest receivers of all time um, and the greatest Tampa Bay receiver ever. Um, so that's with him. And then with Tom, Tom just, Tom works extremely hard as everybody, as everybody obviously knows, but it's not a, just about working hard. One of the things Tom is, is so big on is you can work as hard as you want, but if you're not working on the right things, if you're not working with a purpose, there's that hard work ain't going to do nothing for you. You know what I mean? So um, everything he does is, is purpose driven. When we're out there throwing routes on air, he always says, we're not just out here playing catch. We're not just out here having fun playing catch. We're out here. Think about something, one or two things that you want to work on every single day and, and come out there with a purpose and a drive and, and let's work to get better and let's help each other out while we're doing it. Um, so I think that's what just makes Tom, Tom's so great is just all the little details, all the focus he puts on the little things. And, and he has every excuse. He's done everything you could possibly want to do or every goal you could want to accomplish. He's done. He's got it. But 
somehow he's still outworking everybody, um, you know, sending us clips the night before the Super Bowl, you know, of random clips of the DBs from a year or two ago that, you know, he's, if you get this technique, be ready for, you know, just like little tiny things, like he's on everything. Um, so all those little things are what, what make him great. And it's just, I'm just so fortunate to get to learn from these type of guys. Um, Tom's played with some of the best receivers, some guys similar to me. Um, so just trying to ask him and have him tell me what he wants me to do so I can perform similar to, to some of the guys he's played with has been so key. Um, and it's just so awesome to, to get to play with these guys. Yeah, even though Tom is a Michigan guy, he's gonna have to start giving some some action, some credit. You got Julian Edelman from Kent State. Now we got you from Bowling Green, and we got some action in, know, in, exactly. in the Brady repertoire through the yeah. years. So we need to. Say, we're all a couple of six round picks too. So exactly, you say, hey Tom, you know what? You got to get give the action some love. You know, not just the Big <laughs> Ten here, but um, um, as we kind of come to the, I thought something I love is your confidence in, in even, I think that comes obviously as people have learned through the adversity you face, but I love, uh, you saying you're the fastest football player in the national football league. Just love it. Quite frankly, I think you are, um, you call out Tyreek Hill, uh, and say, Hey, I think let's go race to so the Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. Um, you still feeling, I mean, the turf toe, you still feel like you got them or what do you, what are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, confidence is key. I definitely wouldn't have got to where I've been without having confidence in myself. That's been literally the key factor because um, you got to believe in yourself over anybody because everybody's going to doubt you your whole life. So um, as far as that goes, I'll take myself in a race over anybody you say. Um, that's the confidence I have. Um, until you line it up and beat me, I'm going to pick myself over anybody. I think all of us fast guys, Tyree Kill, you know, a lot of the guys we have on the box will even say they're they think they're the fastest. Every everybody does. You got to have that confidence in yourself. Um, if you don't, you ain't gonna make it anywhere in life. So um, I got the utmost belief in myself, but that's no slight to anybody. Some I think when I said that, some people think I was slighting Tyreek or or anybody else. But I know how phenomenal Tyreek is. I admire everything he's done and hope to be. You know, the type of player he's been in the NFL, he's obviously been ridiculous. Um, so um, I look up to guys like that, but. If I uh, had to race him, I think I could take him. I love it. I love it. So now that he's in Miami, you're over in Tampa, what, maybe meet in Orlando or something? Have a yeah, race at Disney? Or... <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll get something Say, hey, let's drive, get in the car, let's meet halfway, let's do this thing. Um, no, man, I love it. I love it. So anything you know else from your underdog story? I know I, I hopefully I covered it all, but, I mean, you really – uh, I think anyone that's listening, um, you know, as a, as a youngster, I hope we have some in our audience and even those that are, you know, maybe in a job right now is if you're listening to Scotty, you know, going from, you know, basically being, you know, not good enough in grade school and fifth grade to being uh, the high school level two star recruit coming out of Barrington to Bowling Green coach saying, hey, you got 24 hours to commit then to be in the sixth round draft pick and then a Super Bowl champ and, and now overcoming adversity with injuries to hopefully have a great year, which I know you will this year. So, uh, man, just truly love it. One of the better underdog. I think we're 100 and Coleman, close to 140 episodes here. So super, super excited. I think you fit our platform and those listening extremely well. So um, how do folks, Scotty, follow you on your social platforms? Any handles? you're on uh, Instagram, Twitter, any handles you can rattle off? Yeah, I think most most of my stuff is Miller Time 10. Um, that's kind of, I think that's Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can find me on on those. 
um, yeah, and hit me up if you got any questions or anything like that. I love anybody that has an underdog story or um, just anybody that's overlooked and willing to put in the work and, and have that confidence in themselves. So, Yeah, well, you just had an underdog nation, just uh, got a lot of uh, new, hopefully, uh, Scotty Miller fans. So really appreciate your time, and the best is ahead for you. As mentioned, I'm sure I'll see you up in Cleveland. Take it care. Take it easy on my boys, and uh, but no, nonetheless, we'll be we'll be rooting for the Bucks uh, throughout the year, and, and you and Tom and and, and Croup uh, have a hopefully a great another run and uh, get back to the top. So once again, thank you so much for your time, and uh, the best is ahead, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps. Leave a five star rating and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.